We're going to be in Acts again today. Um, we're going to be in Acts today and next week and then one more week after that. Um, and then we're going to enter into a series on the parables of Jesus for July and August. And then um, in the fall we're going to be um, looking at what discipleship looks like around Mountainside. So lots of fun ahead. Um, but today we're in Acts chapter 9 once again. We've been kind of hopping around um, Acts because of the lectionary and stuff going on, on in our church. And so we're back in chapter 9 um, today. A uh, couple things. Next week's going to be really fun. We're going to worship together. We're going to um, get to see Ryan and Beth publicly um, make their vows to one another with us, which is going to be awesome. And then we're going to have a, yes, it's going to be great. And then we're going to also have a big potluck afterwards to celebrate both their marriage as well as Brad's ordination and um, just life. So, oh, excuse me. So sign up to bring something or just bring something and plan on spending the day, um, a little bit of the day together next week. Um, I want to show you a picture to start, a couple pictures. Um, I am in this picture. Can you find me in this picture? I do have, well, I don't know, I have a hat on, so I'll give that. Is there anybody without hats? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, look around for that. Um, Blake Larson is in this picture. And Blake Larson was my coach for baseball for three years. Um, and taught me a lot of things about the game of baseball, both through his words as well as through um, the practices that he would make us do over and over and over again. Um, oh, that's just cruel. That's well done, though. Nice job, Tim. <laughs> um, oh, now you're not letting me change it, though. What's going on? We're done. We're done. I'm going to the next slide now. <laughs> yeah. This is a picture of a team I'm coaching now, or just finished coaching. Um, but I want to show you another picture. This is Aaron. Um, and this table and benches are out in the courtyard now. Um, and Aaron made these. He took the designs and kind of dreams of Deborah, who crafted these beautiful tables or the ideas of these beautiful tables. And he has been working um, tirelessly um, on this table. Obviously, he did, he did, I think most of you know he did this table as well. Um, and Aaron learned how to do this masterful woodwork from someone, from his dad, and um, who not only taught him things with words, but who did work with him, assuming, I'm assuming. In fact, I think him, him and his dad did this table together. Um, I'm telling you these, pictures, or these stories because today we're going to talk about the shape of discipleship. Um, and I think that's what we, we pick up on in this story that we're going to read. Um, and discipleship is, is about following. It's about being a student. It's about being, what Dallas Willard would say, is it's about being an apprentice. And we, every week when we gather for worship, we say to ourselves that we are a community of followers of Christ. We are disciples of Christ. We are apprentices of Christ. And much like Blake Larson, as well as others in my life, taught me about this thing called baseball, um, 
Much like Aaron learned woodworking from his dad, um, following Christ is not just about kind of information that we get here from one another, but following Christ um, has to do with apprenticing with him, putting our bodies in places that he put his body, um, learning skills that he will teach us and that he will teach us through one another. And so this story that we're going to read from Acts today, I think, um, sets us up good to just kind of reflect for a brief bit on what, what does it look like for us, me and you, us together as a community, to be disciples of, of Jesus. And we're going to do this work together as we look at this passage. Um, the passage starts, uh, it's right after Saul um, is converted, and there's this, this line right after that where, that says, as Peter toured the whole region, he went to visit God's holy people. And the word there in other translations is saints. He went to visit the saints. And we sang a song today, right? Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee. I don't know where your imagination went when you sang that. I'm hoping it went to you, um, to those around you. Because we saints are us. We are the saints. We are the holy ones. Saints are not this distant kind of, you know, people who live kind of right between the space, between us and God, you know. We are, we are the saints. Um, it's always funny when, when people will call me Pastor Josh, a, a, a lot of times I will come back to them and call them Saint so-and-so. And so uh, during the camp, I, was, I, I came in to say hi to some of the kids and to say goodbye to my boys because I, I was leaving. And Peter said, hi, Pastor Josh. Can you imagine him just like that? Like really loud and it was awesome. And I said, hi, St. Peter. And we both had a real big chuckle about that. Um, but it's true. Peter is a saint. Um, not like St. Peter, Peter, but Peter. And um, all of you are saints. And so this story picks up where Peter is moving, imitating Jesus, going from saint to saint. Um, and there's a couple, there's a, a story in between the one we're looking at, but Willie Jennings writes that what seemed to be a contradiction, holy and human, is in fact the home of God's generosity, mercy, and sovereignty. Jesus is drawing the everyday into holiness, into God's own life. Everyday people are made holy in Christ. Everyday people are made holy by Christ and constitute a new space for living life and knowing ourselves. We are saints. We are people who follow and apprentice Jesus. He goes on and says, Saints are those marked with the new gestures of belief in Jesus. They worship a crucified Lord in the Spirit, and in the Spirit they live the everyday, knowing that each moment has been made sacred by God's faithful presence. Peter travels from the saints to the saints inside the inescapability of a God who is making people new. The story we're going to look at today um, is a story of uh, a woman named Tabitha, or Dorcas, There's she has two names in this story. And she is the first woman in the Gospels or in Acts to be called a disciple. And so it's this clue to us that this story is about discipleship. It's about being a saint, following Jesus. 
And so what I want to do today is I'm going to read this as best I can. And while I do that, I just want to invite you to kind of settle in to your seat. Um, be as present as you can be. Um, open yourself up to the Spirit of God who's among us. And as I read, take note, what catches your attention in this story? If this is a story about discipleship, what catches your attention? Where do you find yourself stopping, even if you don't understand why? Where in the story do you stop? Um, where does the Spirit get your, get your attention? Um, what questions are raised for you? And we're going to read this story to kind of just explore together briefly. What is it that we, when we say we're disciples, that we're those who follow Jesus, that we're those who, who have learned the gestures of belief in Jesus, as Willie Jennings says. Let's explore this story together, all right? If you'd like to close your eyes, you can, um, and just listen, or you can read along with me. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Her life overflowed with good works and compassionate acts on behalf of those in need. About that time, though, she became so ill that she died. And after they washed her body, they laid her in an upstairs room. Since Lida was near Joppa, when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two people to Peter, and they urged, Please come right away. Peter went with them. Upon his arrival... He was taken to the upstairs room. All the widows stood beside him, crying as they showed the tunics and other clothing Dorcas made when she was alive. Peter sent everyone out of the room, then knelt and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. Then he called God's holy people, including the widows, and presented her alive to them. The news spread throughout Joppa, and many put their faith in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with a certain tanner named Simon. Turn to one or two people around you and just share with each other what caught your attention in this story. Where did you find yourself stopping um, as I read? What questions were raised for you? Go for it. All right, let's hear, uh, let's hear from one another just a little bit. What, what caught our attention in this story? What questions were raised for us? Where do we find ourselves stopping in this story of Tabitha? Raising the dead. Thank you. Uh-huh. 
Others, yeah. Austin. Text seems in the, oh yeah, go ahead, Zach. Whatever Peter does, or a lot of what Peter does throughout Acts, is, is an imitation of Jesus. It's this discipleship stuff that we're talking about. A lot of the stories have striking connections to gospel stories in Luke. Um, and this is certainly one of them. Yeah. Anybody else? You were speaking about the signs and wonders that accompanied the first century church, and mm -hmm. Peter would just embody them, and how powerful they were as far as spreading the belief in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus did it, and his disciples did it, and there are places in this world that are, it's still happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm going to read it one more time. Oh, Trisha, and then I will. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's good. That's good. So I'm going to read it one more time. And I want, I I think that in Acts, this is a model for us. I mean, again, it's the first woman who is named a disciple. Um, She's raised from the dead. There's something about her story that's important, that's particular, um, to what it means to apprentice and follow Jesus. And you guys are getting all over it. And I, don't, I, don't re- I want us to read it with that kind of lens this time and, and ask ourselves these questions. What does this story tell us about God? If this is an exemplar of discipleship who gets new life, what does this tell us about God? What does it tell us about discipleship? And what might it tell us about ourselves? So let me read this one more time. God, discipleship, ourselves. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Her life overflowed with good works and compassionate acts on behalf of those in need. About that time, though, she became so ill that she died. After they washed her body, they laid her in an upstairs room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two people to Peter. They urged, please come right away. Peter went with them. Upon his arrival, he was taken to the upstairs room. All the widows stood beside him, crying as they showed the tunics and other clothing Dorcas made when she was alive. Peter sent everyone out of the room, then knelt and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. Then he called God's holy people, including the widows, and presented her alive to them. The news spread throughout Joppa, and many put their faith in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with a certain tanner named Simon. What might this tell us about God? 
Anything strike you as we read through that? Yeah, Zach. I think it's kind of the scandal we were talking about earlier. Um, I mean, God does something incredible here, but I doubt you was the first person that died since you know, Jesus ascended. So it's kind of this why here, this mystery of something great is happening here, but uh-huh. not, you know, three nights before when another saint might have died. So, you know, right. So it's sort of like a mystery of uh, yeah, here and Yeah. Thanks. see a God who hears the cries of the widows in this story, right? I mean, presumably these widows were crying out to God about their friend. And we don't know for sure if Tabitha was a widow herself or if she was a friend of the widows. Um, but we do, we see a God who, who, who answers and hears the cries of widows. And widows are those who, in the ancient world and even today, um, are alone, are very, very vulnerable. Um, and we follow a God who hears their cries. Um, uh, what else? Yeah. We don't see resurrection like this, right? We can all acknowledge that. There's big questions and stories like this. Um, and, and why we don't see it, we don't, we don't know, right? Um, but this story wants to suggest to us that the God we serve and follow, made known in Christ, brings newness of life. Um, brings newness of life in the very day-to-day realities of the saints. Um, this story proclaims that. Um, what is discipleship? If Dorcas is a, is a disciple, exemplar, what are we invited to um, as disciples? Um, what does this story tell us about what it means to follow Jesus? Um, she's a person of compassionate acts. She's a person who spends time with widows. Um, Caleb was telling me about a, a text chain going on and between some of his friends. And um, it's a, it was a baseball group. And the baseball team, uh, some of the members of the baseball team were upset because the soccer team was having a 
tournament on their field. And they were wondering why they needed to have this on their field, in the outfield, rather than on the normal field that the soccer team plays on. And so some of the baseball players got all fiery and angsty and said a few things about how great baseball is at, high, at the high school and, and had some despairing things to say about soccer and, and football. But on that text chain is Caleb, who plays two of those three sports, as well as a buddy of his who also plays two of those three sports. And so we had a, we had a conversation about tribalism um, and the human, the human um, tendency to stick with people who are about the same thing, who are, look the same way, who have common interests, and to not only stick with, but to warn off those who are, who are different. Widows are people without a tribe. Disciples go to the space between the tribes we create as human beings, um, which sometimes can be a very fun and generative place to be with great joy, um, and sometimes can be a challenging place to be. Um, there's, so, there's so much more that would be fun to explore. Why does Peter, if he's going from saint to saint, why does he go to the man Simon who deals in dead animals, in unclean practices, but he's going saint to saint? Um, why does Tabitha have two names? One Jewish, one Greek. Maybe she herself knows what it means to go between two tribes, to spaces that not everyone will go. Um, whatever caught your attention today, we're going to celebrate Eucharist. And I want, you, I want to invite you to open yourself up to a God who hears the cries of those without a tribe, who hears the cries of those between tribes, um, who hears the cries of the widows. Um, I invite you to open yourself up to, to God even today. Lord, what does it look like for me to apprentice you in that which you've called me to? Um, to show compassionate acts, to move towards people and spaces that might not immediately make sense. Um, what would it mean today for me, God, for you, God, to grant me, to grant us new life? Bring those places, like Jonathan had us consider in the songs, onto this table.